Ask BBB. Welcome again to the program that brings you information from and about businesses carrying the BBB seal of accreditation, the sign of a better business. Your host on Ask BBB is the CEO of BBB Serving Western Ontario, Jennifer Matthews. Thanks and good morning, everyone. Well, as we get deeper into November, besides concerts and social gatherings that brighten the dark days, we prepare to do some gift shopping with the hopes of creating a little joy. On this morning's bulletin board, we'll point you to a couple of information pieces on the bbb.org website that will help you avoid having that light and joy dimmed by a scam. The song goes, I get along with a little help from my friends. Well, when injury or chronic condition means you need consistent help, Choosing an agency to be there is very important. This morning, we'll talk to the director of Vera Home Care. As the year-end approaches, it is time to start planning for tax preparation. Kaylin Kelly is a partner with Blue Caribou Chartered Accountants and joins us now to give us some tips on making tax preparation as hassle-free as possible. Thanks for being here this morning, Kaylin. Thanks very much, Jennifer and Jim, for having me. So what should small businesses be doing now in preparation for the upcoming tax season? Yeah, so a big part of preparing your taxes is making sure that uh, your books and records are in order. And uh, what better time than now to start tallying and collating um, those records uh, for the current period. Um, a lot of people just kind of wait too long into uh, the new year before they start tallying, but that doesn't really give you a clear picture of where your business is at for the year. So depending on the size of the business, um, particularly with sole proprietors, they often wait until the new year. Um, you know, particularly often, you know, where it kind of feeds into volume, right? But, uh, it, you know, it never hurts to, to get an early jump on it so that you're not rushed um, when it comes to tax time prep. Um, and especially with a lot of uh, clients, they need to be filing by March 31st for uh, a calendar GST agency reporting period. So, you know, again, to get a jump on it now, get your records updated through the end of October, it makes it a lot easier to, to get those in on time, even if you are a bit behind come the new year because you have a less uh, month to catch up on. Your website tells us that we will soon be able to complete our tax return from our smartphone. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, I mean, with uh, COVID, we were really forced to uh, mobilize and uh, get things moving to our online. We had sort of intended to do that um, for a while, but with um, the combination of COVID and also uh, the CRA easing up on requirements um, for digital signatures. So traditionally, you know, particularly with a, a T183 sign off, it did have to be signed, um, you know, in person uh, or at least have a proper um, signature uh, and then scanned back. Um, but with COVID, uh, CRA eased those restrictions, allowing uh, digital sign off, um, you know, by any of the uh, plethora of uh, digital sign off tools, uh, Adobe Sign, et cetera. And so with that, that's allowed us to uh, mobilize, like I say, a lot of our uh, personal tax and as well our corporate tax sign off. So with that movement, uh, we've also been moving to um, get our app ready for not only viewing your finished and completed tax returns and associated information online, but as well to actually input uh, a vast majority of that information into uh, our website, allowing us to uh, spit out a more quick, um, you know, completed return. With many of these pieces of information stored electronically then, what are some of the instances where we would be required to have the paper copies still available uh, of invoices, receipts, and and any other pertinent documents? 
Yeah, so desk audits um, or reviews, um, you know, confusing some people they hear audit, but most audit is, is typically what's called a desk audit, which is just a simple review. Um, so for uh, sole proprietors and corporations, depending on the nature of the review, um, they would be required still to produce the actual copies of the receipts. Um, there are a lot of softwares nowadays that allow you to actually upload copies of those receipts as you um, prepare entry. Um, so, you know, QuickBooks Online, Zoho, um, a whole uh, you know slew of products now allow for uh, upload of the dollar documents so that you're not having to hang on to them. But what I do often advise is if businesses are properly using a uh, single business bank account and single business credit card, um, the entry is easy um, on, on the bookkeeper's end, and you just keep those receipts, you know, in a manila envelope for in case the CRA asks. But primarily, it's where um, you, you know, have a review that you're going to be responsible to produce those. Often, if you have detailed ledgers, you know, specifically with, um, you know, a program review. So, for instance, GSD agency review, you would actually, if you provide detailed ledgers, they're only going to actually request, you know, 10 to 20 of the largest. Um, you know, expense receipts and uh, invoices to be produced. So, you know, in those instances, you have a little less, um, you know, requirements as far as the, the total number. But yeah, any review can still, um, you know, require you to produ produce all of the associated receipts for that uh, particular review. So, Kaylin, how do you keep current on tax laws as they change? Yeah, so a lot of it actually will be, um, you know, CRA, they do actually put on wonderful um, seminars twice a year. COVID's obviously just a little bit of that, but um, you know, the, the conference center here at the Lamplighter often was uh, our uh, the chosen uh, host site for the CRA to put on these seminars that were um, particularly informative with tax changes and, and changes within CRA in terms of expectations. Uh, but then as well, obviously, um, CPA Ontario uh, releases, um, you know, emails directly to uh, its membership for uh, updates re regarding upcoming potential legislation, um, as well as obviously signed off bills um, that have implications to uh, you know, it's membership, uh, you know, province-wide. If we're a sole proprietor or a small business or even an individual, what are some of the considerations we should look at when choosing a firm to assist with our tax preparation? Yeah, so a lot of those questions, you know, you really have to look at yourself first to understand, you know, what your needs are and, um, and what information you have and what information you're going to need. Um, you know, as far as the firm that you're moving to, um, again, it's going to kind of depend on a couple items. The one thing, if it's just the, the personal side, um, is, you know, is the tax repair that you're approaching, you know, someone that's actually working in tax year round, um, often with a, you know, a Liberty tax or an H&R block, they have some seasonal staff on hand, um, who are obviously going to be less, you know, prepared to answer all of your questions or aware of, of changes, uh, in the market. Um, you know, and then it, like I say, as it comes to personal, um, you know, requirements, that's where you really want to ask questions and have expectations clear with the firm you're moving to, right? Because depending on the level of service is going to depend on sort of the firm you want to go with, because some people's expectations are going to be very different than others. And so making sure that when you're interviewing accountants, that they're, that you guys are on the same page as far as expectations are concerned, is kind of bigger than necessarily the firm at large. And so taking that into consideration, and they get to know you, uh, and your business and and your level of service that you want to engage in, how difficult then is it for somebody to switch from one firm to another? Again, it kind of goes back to understanding what, what information you have, what information you need. But most accounting firms, 
in terms of that I've had dealings with going one way or the other. It's very amicable. It's very easy. Um, there is a professional currency letter that goes out to the previous firm, um, kind of confirming in both it's sort of the notification to that firm that uh, the client is moving, but also um, allows the uh, incoming accounting firm to understand that, uh, that it's a, a decent client to, to work with. And then it transfer of information, in my experience, most accountants and, and myself included are, are more than willing to uh, send information over once there's sort of digital confirmation from the client that, uh, that it's okay to send that information digitally, um, whether that's via Dropbox, email, et cetera. Kaylin, can you reflect on what BBB accreditation means to your firm and to your clients? Yeah, for us, it's, it's obviously a badge. Um, in fact, many of our initial clients, when we first got started, um, that's how we were able to attract them was with that BBB um, seal, um, letting them know that, you know, we are um, a trusted business and that our partners uh, understand that, uh, you know, everything we do is above board and that uh, there are not ongoing issues um, that can be seen. Well, I want to thank you for taking time this morning to talk to us about how we can be most prepared for tax season. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me, Jennifer. Kellen Kelly is a partner with Blue Caribou Chartered Accountants, and you'll find them in the BBB directory. And from there, you can connect to their website and to their social media pages. Blue Caribou Chartered Accountants carries the BBB seal of accreditation with an A-plus rating. BBB seal is the sign of a better business. Next, home care for seniors. Welcome back. You're tuned to Ask BBB, a weekly program that provides information from and about businesses accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Once more, here's your host, Jennifer Matthews. Be it ever so humble, there is no place like home. And that is why when injury, age, or chronic condition makes everyday living a challenge, people want to arrange assistance so they can stay in their home. Vitaly Varamkovich is the director of Vera Home Care, an agency that provides services that help people stay in their home. And thank you for joining us this morning, Vitaly. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's a pleasure to be here. Do you think people generally have a good idea of what home care is? Um, I think there is a lot of confusion um, sometimes uh, in terms of, you know, what is this? What does it entail? And um, uh, the, the way I always um, like to tell to uh, prospective clients, to anyone interested, is that it's it's a system that enables your loved one or uh, the individual themselves to do more. It gives them freedom uh, to you know live life to the fullest, and uh, those things that they struggle with or have trouble doing that can be uh, done by caregivers to assist them. So it could be anything from uh, you know mobility support to maybe addressing some health concerns. Um, you know, nursing uh, services, or it could be something like a companionship where they could just talk about things, uh, share, you know, tea, coffee, and uh, just talk about life. And who is usually uh, responsible for arranging home care? Is it a family member? And how would they approach that topic with their loved one if they're doing it on their behalf? In our experience, it uh, there's kind of two categories. One for someone who is of age and older, and it would be usually their family caregiver who would uh, try and arrange services um, uh, for them. But it can also be an individual themselves going through surgery. Um, very common nowadays is the surgery for hip replacements, uh, for shoulder replacements, um, and other surgeries where an individual knows that they will have a slow recovery process. And so... Um, 
they they would arrange services for themselves. Um, I think the most challenging uh, one is when the family caregiver seeks uh, services for their loved one, because um, there is the stigma that um, home care takes away freedom, individuals' freedom. It's very often that you know a uh, family loved one might feel that by uh, saying that I need additional care, I need help, they're giving away their freedom, that uh, they're no longer independent. And I think the best way to approach it is always, uh, like uh, I previously alluded, is just to say that it's it's not there to take away the freedom. If anything, it's there to give more freedom. It's to enable individuals to enjoy their everyday life, to allow them to do more. So for example, maybe they struggle with mobility, but they really love uh, walks in the park. Caregiver is there to assist them so they can enjoy it. And so uh, the best way I always say it's it's there to enable individuals to enjoy their life. And in order to access the services provided by Vera Home Care, do people need to be referred by a healthcare professional or can they self-refer? Uh, absolutely. They can self-refer. A family caregiver uh, may refer them. Uh, it can also be um, it can also be a physician or you know nurse. Um, it depends on the situation. So if uh, an individual is in a hospital, they might have to be referred by professionals because they want to make sure that the individual, uh, when the individual comes home, is that there is someone to take care of them to make sure that their uh, health needs uh, are met. You talked a little bit about companionship activities and you, you know, referenced maybe just chatting and having tea or coffee. Mm -hmm. What would some of the other companionship activities be that people are seeking? Absolutely. Uh, so it's uh, home care uh, for us. It's very individual approach. So it's very different uh, from client to client. And it also um, goes together with uh, difficulties they might be facing. So Alzheimer's is a common one. Um, dementia is uh, common. And so uh, it would depend on individual. But uh, to give some examples, uh, it could be doing a puzzle together, um, going for an outing, um, uh, beat tea, coffee, a little lunch. It could be uh, to visit their friends. So maybe an individual is unable to, you know, drive or go out to visit their friends. And so the caregiver can help them get there and kind of join in together. Um, it could be uh, sometimes uh, watching a favorite TV show and just talking about it while it goes on. So there's a, a big variety and it really depends on what the individual preferences are, what they enjoy, and sometimes, you know, what activities have to be done to improve their health, um, especially their mental health. And are the services from Vera Home Care integrated with medical services? So uh, what's somewhat unique about us is that we also have um, additional services that we added to um, to our offerings. And that is because we found that um, individuals often need additional services. So for example, a common one is food care, uh, especially if someone is diabetic, uh, it has to be uh, performed by a nurse who specializes in food care. We also have massage therapy, uh, relaxation massage. We also have nursing services. So it could be nursing assessment. If someone is very concerned about health, but um, don't don't feel that there is a need for immediate emergency to call an ambulance. Um, so we have nursing and it could be some things such as um, wound care or uh, injection of medication. So for example, if they need assistance with monitoring penicillin and other injections. Um, so these kind of services, we integrate within within um, our company so that if a client um, 
uh, already has uh, home care service, or even if they don't, we offer those services on the side just to make sure that uh, everyone has access to them. And how do you help seniors and their families handle the cost of care? There is a government assistance that uh, provides uh, services. Uh, it is somewhat limited and it has its own guidelines and regulations. Individuals who do have the service uh, are not charged HST for any additional health services. In terms of uh, support, unfortunately, there is kind of limited support from the governments in terms of for uh, care. In our end, we uh, do our best to keep our prices uh, as reasonable as possible. Within, you know, we want to make sure that our employees are taken care of, but also we understand that uh, costs, um, you know, can be challenging for families. So we work uh, with insurances to make sure that uh, if there is some kind of benefits that we can meet that to offset the costs. We also, um, again, uh, see if Lynn is also an opportunity for them. So they, uh, we work closely um, with uh, whenever possible with additional government services so that maybe if their services are not completely met, uh, we can add additional services on top of that. Plus there is this HST exemption. So um, this is how we try to keep uh, the cost reasonable. Vera Home Care displays the BBB seal of accreditation. What does that sign of a better business mean to you and to your clients? Home care is a very, very personal uh, service. Um, it's built on trust. It's built on um, understanding. And uh, it could be very, very stressful uh, when you invite um, caregivers into your home. And so trust, again, it's, it's essential. And so BBB really helps to um, highlight that uh, we are the business that can be trusted. Vitaly, thank you so much for joining us this morning and sharing with us how your services can help people be more comfortable and live more actively in their life. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's a pleasure. Vitaly Varankovic is the director of VeraCare, an accredited business with the Better Business Bureau with an A-plus rating. They carry the BBB seal, the sign of a better business, and you can look them up in the bbb.org directory. As the holidays approach, we might find ourselves looking for those sought-after gifts. What to look for to avoid being scammed this holiday season. Welcome back. It's time now to check the BBB Bulletin Board. Well, as you said at the top of the program, we're getting into November, and we get serious about holiday shopping with the hopes of seeing some smiling faces when presents are opened. Yes, and shopping for gifts for children is the top of the list for parents and grandparents. So on the bulletin board, we want to draw attention to articles on the BBB.org website. One article in the latest news section helps us avoid being scams when looking for this year's must-have toys. Yes, there's always seems to be toys that are on every kid's list and it becomes very hard to get. Uh, do we know what they are this year? The BBB article lists toys that Amazon says will likely sell out fast and become hard to find. And they include magic mixies, magical misting crystal balls, snap circuits, Briar Horse's unicorn magic wood stable, the National Geographic break open geodes, and everyone's favorite, Squishmallows. <laughs> that sounds like fun. And it sounds like a list of gift ideas too. But the scammers have this list as well, don't they? 
They do. And what happens is that after shopping locally and being disappointed that the item is sold out, people shop online. What do you know? There it is. But as the BBB.org article points out, in many cases, the website is fake or the toy they send is counterfeit. Or in some cases, your money is gone and the website disappears as well. So make sure you are on a reputable website and check that it is the actual site of the company. And the BBB.org website has information to help identify fake sites and to confirm that you're on that reputable site. So that list of children's gifts is very, very useful. But we've been hearing about shortages all year long because of supply chain issues created during the pandemic, Jennifer. Yes, and in another article under latest news, there are some tips on successful shopping in light of the microchip shortage and supply chain issues. It'll give you some idea of identifying the products that will likely be affected by the shortages and points out that it might not be a good strategy to wait for it to come on sale. Buy it when you find it. The article also advises you to have a backup plan in case you can't find the gift you're looking for. And of course, be aware of potential scams. And check those out on the BBB.org site. Well, these are just a couple of the information pieces you'll find at bbb.org, where you'll also be able to search the business directory and consult the scam tracker. And Jennifer, that's our time for this morning. If you have any comments on what you've heard on today's program, we'd love to hear from you. And if there is a subject you'd like us to include, we encourage you to get in touch. You can do that online with hashtag AskBBB, or you can call the BBB office at 519-673-3222. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Jennifer Matthews. And I'm Jim Swan. Remember, always look for the BBB seal. It's the sign of a better business. <laughs>